It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and week one of the NFL season is here. It has come, it has passed, and the San Francisco 49ers have fallen to 0-1 on the year. Week one has delivered in many ways. The Rams got their butt kicked on Thursday against the Buffalo Bills. The Cowboys lost on Sunday Night Football to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But the biggest letdown of the week has to be the San Francisco 49ers falling short in Chicago on Sunday morning. And I'm sure just like yourself out there, you sat there either watching the game or after the game and you said, what did I just watch? What just unfolded in front of me? Because it was a rather pitiful performance. It's hard to put into words exactly how I feel because the most common ones are frustrated, annoyed, irritated, baffled, befuddled. The list goes on and on and on. The San Francisco 49ers should be 1-0. They should have won this game. And we're going to talk about why they didn't win. And every opportunity that they missed to potentially take a lead or hold on to a lead and put the Bears away in this game. Because there's many reasons. There's not just one. It's not just Kyle Shanahan or Trey Lance. There is an all-around blame train going on. It's you get an L, you get an L, you, 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 you all get an L. Because the Niners came out flat-footed, unprepared, and they deserve to lose this game. This wasn't a, the Bears rallied back from behind and it was a valiant effort and the Bears won. It was an amazing comeback. This was San Francisco, to be blunt, played piss poor and deserved to lose this game. No ums, no doubt about it. The 49ers deserve to be 0-1 on the year. And if you're going to start pointing fingers, which we're going to, that starts at the very top. Kyle Shanahan did not have his team prepared for this game. And I can even argue that he didn't have himself prepared for this game. Now, to explain to you what I mean by that, I have to walk you through and we have to relive this awful experience that was the Monsoon Bowl in Chicago this morning. So, when the game first starts... The Bears get the ball first. And I'm sure like yourself, you're saying good. Niners defer. They can get the ball in the second half. It just gives them some advantage. The defense can go out there and make a statement first and get Trey Lance the ball early, make him feel comfortable, not put the pressure on him to score instantly on his first drive. So, uh, yeah, that, that happens. The Niners go down, stuff Chicago on three straight plays, Kinlaw looked really good early. He had two pressures, including one sack. It looked like the defense that we had been told and that I had seen personally in training camp and in preseason. It looked like that, well, this is going to be a long day for Chicago, and it felt that way for a long time. The Niners then get the ball on their first drive, and you're thinking, this is great. They get the ball on the 45-yard line over there on their side of the field, Jet sweep starts things off. Debo gets the ball. A Lance QB sneak later. Then Lance, who looks really good early, steps up in the pocket. He has the awareness we saw against Green Bay. It seems like he looks comfortable playing in the offense. He hits Ayuk early for a 31-yard gain. And we're sitting there pretty saying, great, we're going to go down. 
We're going to stuff them on defense, and we're going to score on offense, and we're going to prove a point early. We're going to punch them in the mouth early. Well, that's not the case because Debo Samuel fumbles. Okay, look, you fumble. It's not ideal, but you can work yourself back from it. Chicago has to start deep in their own territory. While you never want to fumble or turn it over, you can find some positive in this. The score is still 0-0. There really is no need to worry. It's an early game. The game is still young. The night is still young. In this case, the morning is still young in Chicago. The Niners have plenty of time. So then the Bears have their second drive. Well, San Francisco's defense shows up again. They get an interception. Talano Hufunga, he was everywhere in this game. He was making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He was having pass deflections, got the interception. I think he had eight tackles and one pick in the first half. I mean, if we're handing out quote-unquote game balls for one half of play, Hufunga gets it, and he might get all of them. He was that good in this first half. So, on back-to-back drives, San Francisco has stuffed Chicago's offense in every single way. Every form or fashion, it has been a Niners-heavy favorite game. They're dominating in every facet thus far. San Francisco's second drive, again, gets the ball close to their own 40-yard line. Then Mitchell gets a first down, thinking, great. Then Lance misses Tyler Croft, probably should have hit him, but again, early throw, you can look back and say, oh, you know, it was early in the game, no need to worry, there are plenty, there's going to be plenty of time to score, to make those plays, it's fine, right? Then McGlinchey gets beat, that's a sack. Well, that's been two drives thus far, and they've yet to capitalize on having the ball on Chicago's 48-yard line. And their own 43-yard line. Well, okay, I mean, that really isn't what you want to see from a young quarterback and an offense trying to find its rhythm early in this game. But alas, it's early, right? It's early. Plenty of time. There's plenty of time. Bears, their third drive. I mean, the Bears had nothing going. Nothing. It was dinks and dunks, flips and screens. They couldn't pass the ball to save their life. I mean, my goodness, San Francisco's defense, it seemed like they were on or they recognized the play before it was even going to happen. Then Nick Bosa gets his first sack of the season. And again, we're sitting there saying, okay, this is the drive the Niners are going to get this thing rolling. Okay, well, San Francisco's third drive, once again, their field position near their 40-yard line, through three drives, three drives thus far, their average field position was 43, on the 43-yard line. Now, here's a little quiz question. Do you think they scored here on their third drive? Uh, 3-2-1. San Francisco, on three consecutive drives, did not score despite having the ball to start the drive near or on their own 43-yard line. You're, you're basically starting at midfield and you can't score. Whether it's a fumble or punting, the Niners' offense, it, it lacked any punch. It was, we can get kind of close and then we falter. Or it was three and out. It just felt like there was nothing working early and... Despite that, they looked like they were in control of the game. By no means in the first half that I feel that the Niners weren't going to win this game. In fact, I felt like, okay, we are a drive away, a play away from hitting a you know a big play, getting in the red zone, and at least putting up some kind of points, whether a field goal or a touchdown. Okay, so then the Bears get the ball. Niners punt, Bears ball. And to give you some perspective here, San Francisco starts around or near, on average, through through three drives on their own 43-yard line. The Bears, on their own 12. San Francisco was forcing Chicago to march 88 yards to score a touchdown. Chicago was forcing San Francisco to march 50, maybe 60 at the max, 
to score a touchdown, and the score was still 0-0. to That's called being unprepared. The inability to execute in really the easiest position. Imagine if I told you, hey, you're going to start your race halfway done compared to the other guy who I'm going to give maybe one-eighth of a head start, one-tenth of a head start. What would you say? Oh, easy money. Easy freaking money. But just like that guy, I forgot his name, I-something, whatever his name, in, in Atlanta, who runs the races at the Braves game, this game felt like San Francisco was that big guy tumbling towards the finish line. Oh, we're up to nothing, man. Gonna win this one final stretch. And the Bears just came zooming by. And it was like, oh, we, how, how did I lose that? How did I, and you're standing there scratching your head. But I digress. San Francisco's fourth drive again starts on their own 47-yard line. And this drive was the most impressive. It felt like this drive was the one where Kyle Shanahan said, okay, crap, I have to pull some some special stuff out. We saw a triple option. We saw a quarterback design run, quarterback power up the middle. Lance hit McLeod for 20 yards. This great throw right over the linebacker's arms who was reaching out. McLeod falls into the pocket. Just All around, this drive was near perfect. Debo then gets in the end zone. You're thinking, here we go. We have our touchdown. The offense is rolling. Everything's great. Defense is still going to work. Shut Chicago down again. Then comes drive number five. The drive just before halftime. Now Jeff Wilson Jr.'s in. And then the penalty. And then a big run by Lance. A nice run on third and 13. But... Not much to show for it here. Then they go into halftime. And you're thinking, great. 7 nothing. Game's under control. The weather's playing a factor. You know, it's kind of sloppy out there. You know, it, It's okay. We have the lead. It's what you want. Things will pick up later. We've been here before, a.k.a. last year, when things looked bleak, and they turned it around just prior to halftime and carried that momentum throughout the second half. Now, again... San Francisco had the ball four times on at least their own 43-yard line to start a drive in just seven points. In my opinion, that's one for four on successful drives, despite you getting a head start by half the field. They had outpassed the Bears 70-19. to They had a takeaway. They had outrushed Chicago 115 to 65. Trey Lance looks okay, more good than bad. Not much to be worried about. Now, there's some inconsistency issues, but you're thinking we have this game under control. They're implementing new elements into the offense, read options, quarterback powers. We saw some deep balls, and we're seeing okay, there's a lot to like, stuff to work on, but a lot to like. Then all of a sudden we get the news that Elijah Mitchell has a knee injury and just like Thanos snapped half the world away in Endgame or Infinity War, excuse me, it seemed like San Francisco's momentum in the fate of this game flipped on its head. The moment that news broke that Elijah Mitchell is ruled out with a knee injury, this game took a nosedive into the dirt. I mean, my goodness, it was like Kyle Shanahan had completely designed this game on the back of Elijah Mitchell, like he was Derrick Henry or Barry Sanders or Frank Gore back in the day. Pick any bell cow back in the league. Elijah Mitchell is not that, and I, and I like Elijah Mitchell. He has the Niner rookie record for rushing yards in a season. Hit a great year last year as a six-round pick. I respect the heck out of Elijah Mitchell. But he's had injury history. He was hurt this this training camp. He didn't play a single snap in preseason because of the injury. And just like last year, it seems like 
whether it was cornerback with Verrett last year or Mostert last year, there is a reliance on injured players to play pivotal roles on offense or defense, but on this team. And if you're San Francisco, and, and look, and I get freak injuries happen, but with a guy like Mitchell who was banged up all last year and played through it, to his credit, played through it, to rely on that guy who didn't play a single snap in preseason, didn't take a single snap in OTAs or training camp, to have a game plan entirely, or what it seemed like, entirely schemed around him, what are you doing, Kyle? It felt like the game plan after Mitchell got hurt was ripped up, tossed in a shredder, and thrown out the window. And Kyle was sitting there like, well, I don't really know what to do. Um, Maybe I can put Jeff Wilson Jr. out there? Um, Debo, Debo, go back and play running back. Beat Go ahead and be the wide back again. Well, okay, they worked last year. Let's see what happens. You know what happened? You lost. That's what happened. The offense got cute. The offense lacked any form of execution. The offense could barely gain a first down in the second half. Now, to their credit, to their credit, the first drive out of the second half was actually good. Lance deballed the Jennings, got a field goal, but within that drive, Kyle Shanahan had Jeff Wilson Jr. lined up seven yards behind the goal line on like a third and three and runs a running back counter only for him to get stuffed at the at the line, at the line of scrimmage. Well, hey Kyle, Maybe you don't put the running back seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and have him use misdirection when it's not going to work. It's the freaking goal line, not not third and three on your own 32. There's not much field to work with. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And of course, that changes everything, right? The offense can't do much. It starts to, to, to sputter. The defense is on the field too much. They start to get worn down. Well, then, guess what happens to every defense that gets worn down? One of two things. They get gashed for a big play and or they result to penalties. Well, San Francisco did both of those things. Now, it's not entirely on Kyle and it's not entirely on Lance. Every single player plays their role on this. Receivers drop passes. The offensive line was absolute garbage in this game. I believe they had a 35 or north of 35% rush uh, or pressures allowed percentage, excuse me. So 35% of the time around there, they had a lot of pressure. They weren't blitzed once. Now, only two sacks, but there's a reason why Trey Lance was running 13 times and only about three or four of those were actually designed. That's an issue. One of the biggest concerns was how good is the offensive line going to be? Well, we saw today it was pretty freaking awful. Pretty awful. There was a play where it was a screen pass towards the right side to Jeff Wilson Jr. And Spencer Burford was the lead blocker on this play. And Burford rolls out, is in good position, for whatever reason whips his head, misses the defender running right by him, Wilson gets tackled. I sat there and I said, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and I get it. He's a rookie, right? I can't expect rookies to come in and play flawlessly. It's not going to happen. It's very rare, which is why when it does, we praise them so early and so quickly. Micah Parsons, Tristan Wirfs. Now I get it. First round pick compared to a fifth round guy. At the Very different. <laughs> very, very different. But at that moment, I said I would not be surprised in two to three weeks, whenever Brunskill is healthy again, he's starting at right guard. It's stuff like that you can't miss. And it's stuff like that that San Francisco wasn't privy to seeing because they weren't doing that stuff in training camp. They weren't doing that stuff in the preseason. And it seemed like some of the guys, whether it's Burford, whether it's Banks or Brendel, and I'll be honest with you, Trent Williams wasn't great today either. And that doesn't mean that he's a bad player. 
it just means that they didn't show up. And to be honest with you, really nobody showed up. Kyle Shanahan didn't show up. Trey Lance didn't show up. The running game didn't show up. The defense didn't show up in the second half. They were there in the first half, but they didn't show up in the second half. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And again, the result became penalties. San Francisco. San Francisco had 12 penalties for 99 yards. We gave them a free 100 yards today. Now, whether it was a holding call on offense or a personal foul on defense, we hurt ourselves immensely due to dumb penalties. And my mind goes back to either the, the, the Eagles game or the Packers game, where some way, somehow, I hate to quote Nickelback, but, but the Niners are in the game. Whether they're leading or behind, they're in the game. And what happens? Dumb holding calls, pass interference calls, Things start to unravel, and San Francisco can't help themselves but having a late hit, having a hold, having a face mask. And look, I don't know what Dre Greenlaw ate this morning, what his pregame meal was, but he best believe it wasn't some freaking minis or mini wheats because, my goodness, the same thing happened last year. In, 20, in 2021, Week 17, Greenlaw, back off the injury, hyped up, ready to play. He wants to hit somebody, comes out swinging early, penalties fly. Now, he didn't literally swing, but playing too aggressive, playing after the the whistle blows, and and I have no problem playing aggressive football. I have no problem playing after the whistle football. In fact, you're usually taught that. I have no problem watching someone get their head, you know, cold cocked by a linebacker over the middle. Now, don't don't perfect somebody, but, you know, play physical football. I grew up watching that stuff, okay? Ray Lewis hit stick. I know what it's like. It ain't pretty and it's scary, but I don't mind it. So, I'm not saying Greenlaw should, shouldn't be physical. But there's a difference between physical and unnecessary physical. Dre Greenlaw, in this game, had two... Maybe three plays, or it was an unnecessary physical play. The one that stands out the most is the face mask. And let's dive into this, because the first half, San Francisco seems rather in control of the game. We're not worried. We're thinking, okay, things are going to get rolling. We're going to be fine. Second half comes around. They get a field goal. 10 nothing. Cool. Great. Bing, bang, boom. We're in the lead. Double digits. We're going to quickly move our way up to 13, then 20. We're going to be fine. Well, credit goes to Chicago because they came out with, I don't know whether it was Eberfuss, the coach, or Fields, whoever it was, a fire was lit under them. Now, this fire was also flamed by San Francisco because of penalties, but there was some flame they started, and San Francisco just let them by. Because the Bears scored, just like San Francisco had uh, failed to capitalize on three consecutive drives in the first half with the ball near their own 50, uh, the Bears capitalized, they did capitalize on three consecutive drives with the ball basically on their own 15 outside of one of these drives. The first drive, touchdown drive on their own 28, Only five plays, 57-yard drive, 15 yards of penalties. That penalty was Dre Greenlaw's face mask. Kept that drive alive on third down. Well, you do that. The defense is on the field even longer. They get tired. They get worn out. Bang. Touchdown. Okay, still 10-7. We're going to be okay. Just a minor inconvenience. We're fine. Well, offense gets stopped again whoop de frickin do here we go, here come the Bears. 
Bing Bang Boom, despite starting on their own 16, they have a 10-play, 64-yard drive with 23 yards of penalties because Mooney Ward has a holding call, and now Shire hits the quarterback. And it's like, oh, okay, well, touchdown, bang! Now you're down 13-10, and you're lucky it was only 13. It could have been 14. And so you're sitting there, okay, we're only down by three. Not that big of a deal. Things are going wrong. Still plenty of time. Okay, cool. Down by three, get a field goal, tie game, no worries. Okay, cool. Okay, but inside you're thinking, oh my God, here we go. Oh my God, I'm so worried. Why is this happening? You know, they have to tighten it up. And there was a point in this game, I looked over at my friend and I said, we're going to lose this game. Chicago has all momentum. We have let them stay alive and we have given them belief that they can beat us. And I told you, now, I predicted San Francisco to win, but I told you, the Bears are going to want to hit one of the big boys in the mouth. The Niners are projected to make the playoffs. Many think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Lewis Riddick thinks Trey Lance is a dark horse MVP candidate. So what do the Bears want to do? Play spoiler. Oh, you think you're that good? Oh, you think you can win the MVP? Guess what? Welcome to Chicago. Home of the deep dish and the Bears. Well, offense gets stuck again. Oh, Lance throws a pick. Five yards, 21 yards later, and Javon Kinlaw has a penalty on, what, second and 11, gives them third and seven, and then bang, touchdown. And you're sitting there like, oh my God. They scored... What should have been 21 unanswered points. They scored 19 unanswered points against this defense. Which is supposed to be the number one defense in the league. Or up there amongst the top echelon of defenses. Now, you know I know. The offense plays a role in how good a defense plays, right? If, if an offense is on the field for two minutes a drive... And the defense has to continually play good, has their back against the wall, you're going to get worn down. That happened on Sunday. The offense fluttered, or sputtered, excuse me. The defense showed some cracks, or they're tired, but also penalties. The, uh, the Bears saw their chance to strike, went for it, and unlike San Francisco early in the game, Chicago went for the kill shot. And they landed a critical hit. Well, now, this isn't a Chicago thing, or, you know, I don't know if the good Lord himself is a Bears fan, I hope not. But then he said, you know what, let's rain down one of the seven plagues in Exodus, and let's bring a freaking monsoon to Chicago. The field already sucks, it was Bermuda Gate out there. They changed the grass, it was going to be sloppy, and all of a sudden, it was just like a tsunami had hit Chicago. If you're watching the game on Fox, they had to literally darken the graphics because the rain was so bad you couldn't see where the first down line marker was if it was yellow. The camera itself was so covered in water and rain, they had to go to commercial and wipe it off. Like, my goodness. The undisciplined nature of San Francisco. The lack of execution on behalf of the offense. Then, the worn-down defense. All You know what that culminates to? A week one loss and being 0-1. And you know who gets that blame? Kyle Shanahan. Trey Lance. The defense. The offense. Everyone takes an L. I'm Oprah. Here's your L. You get an L. You get an L. And you get an L. This game was not fun to watch. Not fun. Not one freaking bit of fun. And the frustrating part is San Francisco should have won this game. They should have been ahead 21-28 at, at the least. At the least 20 to nothing in the first half. And if I read you the following stats... I want you to tell me what you think the outcome would be. Okay? 
San Francisco outgains the Bears in total yards. 331 to 204. San Francisco held the ball for nearly seven minutes longer than Chicago. The Niners, two more first downs than Chicago. San Francisco had two yards more per attempt on the ground. I mean, come on. What do you think the outcome is? And while you think, let me tell you this. You want to save $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek? Use promo code 49eraccess to save you some moolah. Go see San Francisco play the Seattle Seahawks at home next week in Santa Clara. Save you some money. Use promo code 49eraccess, 49-E-R-S-A-C-C-E-S-S to save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Now... Despite saving some money, you would think the outcome is a San Francisco freaking win, right? You would think the Niners win this game and they're 1-0. Well, I hate to break it to you. Uh, they they lost the game in which they pretty much led almost every single important offensive category. I mean, again, I'm at a loss for words. Last year, I can remember... The Lions game, the near collapse, inexcusable near collapse, where Jimmy and Debo team up, save that game, just uh, holding on for dear life to secure a win. It's not the first time San Francisco has had their rough patches in week ones. It's not. And that's the annoying thing, because, look, I love Kyle Shanahan. I think I think he is a genius. I think he's a good head coach, has his head on straight. He has a good relationship with players. He can play that part. He can talk to guys, work with guys. It's part of the reason why people like Debo Samuel are still here. Part of the reason why Brandon Ayuk isn't traded. He's patient, sometimes to a fault. He's a good coach. In what world would Jimmy Garoppolo return to San Francisco after being told, hey, You got us to the playoffs, pretty close to the Super Bowl. We don't want you here anymore, though. But then six months later, say, hey, Jimmy, uh, do do you want to stay? Now, you can debate the reasons all day long. This is Trey's team. You can have that conversation behind closed doors. I don't care. That stuff doesn't happen unless you you have a coach like Kyle Shanahan. But, 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 Kyle Shanahan... In this game against the Bears, he had no control over the offense. And Shanahan himself has said, I have to get into rhythm myself as a play caller. So you would assume that other head coaches are like that. Now, it seemed like Kyle Shanahan lacked a lot of rhythm today. And once Mitchell was out of the game, he didn't have any. He couldn't find it. It was gone. It was lost. It was like Austin Powers' mojo smashed on the ground, couldn't get it back, and he's trying to lick it up going, uh, 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 trying to get any taste he has back in his mouth to find some success, and he couldn't find it. And he's like, you broke my mojo! That was an awful impersonation. I'm sorry, Michael Myers, but you get my point here. He was lost. He didn't know who he was. And that, that... correlates or translates and reverberates throughout the team. The most penalties in a game in the Shanahan era in San Francisco. 2018 Kansas City, the game Garoppolo tears his ACL, 14 penalties. 2018 at Seattle, prior to Jimmy being there, 13 penalties. 2017 against Arizona. Today, This Bears game ranks 4th all-time in the Shanahan era with 12 penalties. And, number 5, 2019 season opener at Tampa Bay had 11. Of those 5 games, that Tampa Bay game is the only one they have had a victory in. I'm telling you, Shanahan let this team down. Now, I will say this, that I'm not going to sit here and say this is Kyle Shanahan's complete fault. That's unfair. I'm not going to sit here and blame Shanahan and not 
put fault on Lance because many of you out there see Lance's box score and say, are you are, are you serious, Sterling? 13 for 28, that's 46%. That's awful. 164 yards, that's not good enough. And one pick and no touchdowns, that sucks. And guess what? You're right. That's not a great game. It's not. Trey Lance has to be better. Has to be better. Inexcusable. Trey Lance cannot have this game again. Now, does context play a factor? Sure, it also plays a factor for Kyle Shanahan. Does it help them there was a monsoon? No. No, it doesn't. It was a Mud Bowl 2.0. But, and I think my biggest gripe with this is, is that Trent Williams said during his post-game press conference that, well, you know, when we had to push the ball down the field, the weather picked up and and we just couldn't. Debo Samuel said, you know, the, the weather picked up, the ball got hard to throw, got hard to catch. Hey, you want to know how you fix it? Hey, hey, you want to know a little secret? You want to know how to fix it? Score earlier. Score when there isn't a monsoon. If you'd have scored in the first half, at least two of the three times, two of the four times, you would have won. That's the problem. The problem isn't, well, we, you know, we have 60 minutes of play, We thought we had enough time. No. Look, this is the National Football League. I don't play in it. Do I talk about it? Yeah. And even I know this. You know this. The the opportunities you have to not only win a game, but score in a game are minimal. They are very few. Some teams, the Patriots scored seven points. Seven points this week. Dallas scored three points. Green Bay scored seven points. I mean, there are plenty of teams that had a rough week one. The Colts and Texans tied. Plenty of teams had a bad week one. And plenty of teams had a hard time scoring. Many of them didn't play in a monsoon. I'd agree with that. But that being said, if you'd have told me that the San Francisco 49ers had the ball in rather dry conditions, basically at midfield, and lost after doing or having those opportunities four times, I would have said, no way. No way. They have Kyle Shanahan. He's a great coach. Trey Lance, young quarterback. He wants to make a statement. He's hungry. They got Debo Samuel, one of the best receivers in the league, had one of the best years ever last year. Offensive line shaky, but it'll make do. And yet it told me they lost and only scored one time. Hey, do better. Hey, if we're you're 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 hey, do better. You gotta do better. Do better. No there's no excuses. Well, you know, late in the game, we had to push the ball down the field. We, we, we just couldn't. No, no. You wouldn't have had to had you scored when you were supposed to. Yeah, it's week one. I get it. Overreaction. Don't want to do it. But at what point do we sit back and say, okay, look, was Trey great this week? No, he wasn't. But he wasn't. He wasn't bad enough to bench, right? I, I'm i not going into next week saying, okay, look, if Trey is bad next week, he ain't got the job no more. We ain't even close to that. But, and these people were already chomping at the bit once Trey struggled. You got to put Jimmy back in right now. They're out there screaming, Jimmy! They have the torches and the pitchforks there. Jimmy! Like, they're ready to put in Garoppolo. And Shanahan invited that conversation, bringing him back. We know that. But right now, on this podcast, we're still pro-Trey Lance. We're going to be pro-Trey Lance until, well, he shows that we shouldn't be pro-Trey Lance. But come week two against Seattle, if some of these things aren't cleaned up, and maybe we'll find out it was literally just the weather. And it just happened to be one of those fluky games that it was week one, caught us off guard, no big deal. Now, should they have caught you off guard? No. 
Is it a big deal? Yeah. Rather embarrassing to to be, you know, clear. Rather embarrassing loss. To lose this way, 10-19 to a bad Bears team, Dante Pettis had the longest play of the game. Yeah, yeah. Dante Kitty Dance Pettis going over there. Meow, meow. That's the guy who scores a touchdown against us. This guy couldn't make the Giants last year. And he's out here gashing us for touchdowns in the longest play of the game. I mean, good goodness. I am flabbergasted, dumbfounded, led astray, run amok as to how today happened. Now I'll come to terms eventually after I, you know, fall asleep crying into a protein shake and, you know, have dreams of Jimmy Garoppolo's beautiful face and Trey Lance's deep balls and I go, okay, it's all good. It's going to be okay, Sterling. It's going to be okay. But going back to my point, if if you lose next week, because right now there is a portion of this fan base, and now admit, I left this game thinking we may be a lot worse than I thought we were. And none of that directly affects the quarterback. A lot of that has to do with the offensive line, the inconsistencies elsewhere. We know how quickly penalties can derail a season, right? We saw last year. Penalties were is everywhere, and it cost us big time. I mean, we have the, the running count of how many pass interference calls this secondary had last year was so bad, right? But this fan base, part of it is already saying, oh my goodness, we're not going to be good. Now, that's a wild overreaction. San Francisco, I believe, will be just fine. The roster is too good to suck, right? Now, I'm seeing at least 9-7. and seven. That was always where I was at. But that being said... I didn't think they were going to lose this game. And now you put yourself behind the eight ball. And this is why winning in week one is so important. Because you don't know what's going to happen next week. Did you know that George Kittle was going to pull his groin on Monday and not play on, against the Bears on Sunday? No. No one knows that. I mean, for all I know, knock on wood, Debo Samuel tears his ACL on Monday. I mean, again, I hope not. But that's the unpredictability. Like Dak Prescott just broke his hand or broke his thumb, and he's out for like six weeks now. You can't predict that stuff. So if you're going into week two against Seattle, you don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. Drew Locke could have the best day of his career. Geno Smith could go off. I don't even know who's starting for them. But but but, <laughs> but I mean, come on. You have no idea what could happen. No idea. And knowing you're already own one. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but there's a real chance they're one and one going into the Denver game. Well, I hate to break it to you. Now that you're not one and oh, I mean, then you're going to be one and two potentially against Denver. And you could also be one and three against the Rams. Then you have to play a Baker Mayfield-led Panther team, which I think is better than last year's Panther team. And you're playing a Falcons team that almost beat the Saints this week? And I get it. Week one, hoopty frickin' doopty, right, Sterling? The Dolphins beat the Patriots. The Bears beat San Francisco. The Lions almost beat the Eagles. What are you crying about, right? I get that stuff, okay? I get it. But all I'm saying is San Francisco has now put themselves behind the eight ball. And if they don't win next week, or if something catastrophic happens, not to say their season is teetering on disaster, but Kittle ain't already playing. Jimmy Ward's still going to be out. You have to step it up before you get stepped on. And I get it. Week one, I know. I know. I get it. Don't worry, I get it. So ASMR podcast 49ers i get it it's gonna be okay trey lance george kittle oh my god kyle shanahan yeah 
You have to win the games you're supposed to win. You have to win the games the opposition is gifting to you. That's what the Bears did today. They were gifted a win and they took it. They grabbed the brass ring and said, Oh, you're going to give us a chance? Well, thanks. We'll take your chance and shove it down your freaking throat and make you leave Chicago with your tail tucked between your legs. If I'm the Niners, I'm embarrassed. And and so, okay, let's look a little bit towards next week. And what I mean by that is, how do you bounce back, right? How do you bounce back? Can they bounce back? Will they bounce back, right? Trey Lance said in his postgame presser, and he listed out four to five plays as to where he needs to improve. Hey, Trey, that's some great stuff. That shows you're a leader. That shows that you know where you messed up, and any player knows where they messed up, but it was very clear to him that he knew those plays were either incorrect, made the wrong read, or just didn't make the right move. Didn't execute when the play was in front of him. Okay, look. That's all fine and dandy. But because you and I have not seen Trey Lance play a lot, it's 14 total quarters now in actual regular season football. And from what we've seen, albeit still very, very little, it's not been great. There's been a lot of flashes of elite, but... For a quarterback that is supposed to be the franchise, and I think he is that, do not get me wrong, I want to see how you can respond. When your back's against the wall, now, maybe week one isn't the best example because of the weather and stuff, you know, there were DBs and receivers ripping off gloves and and sleeves and armbands because they couldn't hold on to the football. But against Seattle... When you're eight and a half point favorites and it's supposed to be like 86 degrees and sunny and no clouds, I want to see you bounce back. I want to see you hit Tyler Croft who's open. I want to see you not throw a dumb interception. I want to see you stand strong in the pocket. I want to see Trey Lance continue to build on that first half. And that is one of my worries here is that he essentially... Well, this is not technically true, but he essentially only has one half of film to study. Now, you can maybe lean and reach and say he he has three quarters to study off of, but he has a built-in excuse as to why they failed, why he didn't execute. It is the weather. We can say it. Debo can say it. You can say it. I can say it. Now, do you buy that? Sure, right? Now, my other issue is that it didn't really affect the Bears that much. They moved the football. They scored three touchdowns in a row. In a row. And the weather was bad. So, if Justin Fields can throw in a monsoon, why can't Trey Lance? If the Bears, with far worse personnel, can score 19 unanswered points in a rainstorm with the awful field conditions, why can't San Francisco? And that falls top to bottom. But you have to wipe it, look at the film, here's what I can get better, and you got to hope and pray you can win against Seattle. Now, what? You asked me today... Where do you view San Francisco? Still 9-7, and seven, but guess what? Now you got to win one of those games that you were projected to lose. This first two games are supposed to be cupcakes. Cupcake games, right? If you used to play old Madden games and you used to create a team, they had like the powerhouse, you know, the, the All-Americans, and the cupcake roster where half the players were like 55 overalls, the quarterback was like a 45 I mean, where the teams were bad. You could take those teams, you can build them up, 
but they were the cupcake rosters to use for a created team. These first two weeks, Bears and Seattle were supposed to be your cupcakes. All icing, all cherry on top, all sugary, vanilla, chocolate. Ooh, that's nice. They were supposed to be the easy wins. Well, you already lost one. Now you have to beat the Rams at least once, if not twice. You have to steal a game against the Buccaneers. Hopefully you can beat Miami. Take on Las Vegas at in Las Vegas to end the season. Travel down to Mexico City to play the Cardinals and steal a win. I mean, play the Chargers and hopefully you can beat them. Beat the Chiefs at home, which Mahomes put up like 45 points against the Cardinals today. I'm not saying San Francisco has ended or ruined their season by far. That's not the case. But they have put themselves in some form or another behind the eight ball. Now you have to win a game you weren't supposed to. Can they do that? Yeah. Yeah, they can. But again, you have to win the games your opposition gives you. The Bears were trying to give that game up. And San Francisco could not capitalize. The Bears are the ones that capitalized. I mean, just an utter failure today by the San Francisco 49ers. And they're 0-1. They're 0-1. Do I still believe in this team? Heck yeah, I do. Do I still like Trey Lance? Of course I do. Do I have some concerns? (laughs) You bet I do. But do I have faith? Yeah, 100% in this team. Now, again, to remind you, let's say Elijah Mitchell's injury is a little more serious than you thought. Do you know where you can find the information out pretty quickly, if not the fastest? Oh, do I have a place for you? Go to at 49ers.access and 49ers underscore access that is our instagram and our twitter that's hot takes breaking news updates everything about the san francisco 49ers you can find on those social media pages also join me on chalkboard let's have a little talk do a little dance get down tonight talking about the san francisco 49ers on chalkboard go on chalkboard Download the app, type in 49ers Access. Oh, guess what? You'll find your boy talking about the team he loves the most in the world. Also, again, use that promo code 49ers Access, 49ERSACCESS, to save $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. With all that said, after an awful, awful week one, in the biggest, fattest L on every Niner fan space, every coach, every player. My name is Sterling Bennett. This has been the 49er Access Podcast. And until next time, stay faithful. Never would have thought she was living like that Her words seem so silly